0: I just wonder today, across all of our campuses, if there's anyone here who needs to be refreshed, anyone here who came through the church door today and you just feel tired, you feel empty, you feel broken. Maybe you look at your life and you're just like, I just feel so miserable, I feel alone. Maybe you come here today and you're walking through a storm yourself. We just got done singing. Our God is a shelter in the hurricane, amen? He's our rock. He's our shade. He's never changing. He's always the same. We have a God who's able to refresh us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for today. We thank you that we can approach you. We're so grateful that we can come into your presence. God, today across our campuses, if there's anyone that needs to be refreshed, Lord, would you do that right now? Would you somehow, some way, refresh us from the inside out. You're a God who specializes in bringing dead things back to life, and we pray that you do that right now. Lord, as we open up to your your word, would you speak to us? Would you encourage us? Would you challenge us? Lord, we love you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can take a seat. Well, I just want to welcome everyone here to Embrace. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here. And as always, we're so excited that you have joined us thrilled and overjoyed that you are here. I'm excited to be here myself personally. Over the last couple of months, I've kind of been here, there, and everywhere else, and over the last two months, more than honestly any time that I can remember, I've just rediscovered my love for this church called Embrace. We are imperfect in every possible way. If you're looking for that, I can show you a bunch of places. We are imperfect, but I love this church. I've also never been more excited about what's to come. Right now, I just honestly feel like there's something special happening. And I can't wait to see what God has in store. So we're glad you're here. I also want to say happy Father's Day to the dads in the room. Dads, I hope you feel loved. Yeah, that all campuses put it up. Dads, I hope you feel loved and appreciated and valued. I had a mom a few weeks back tell me, she said, I always feel like dads get a bad rap. Even even in church, and Mother's Day, moms are awesome, they're rock stars, they're perfect. And then it comes to dads on Father's Day, and it's like, hey dad, you could kind of work on a few things. You know what I mean? And when she said it, I was like, actually, that kind of is true. And so dads today, again, whatever kind of dad you are, I just want to know, you to know that you're, you're celebrated, you're loved, you're encouraged. We're so thrilled that you're here. If you're in church of all places, dad you're doing pretty darn good, you know, like it's Father's Day, it's pretty awesome that you are here. Kind of funny though, a few days ago I asked my kids some questions about Father's Day, and I asked them to tell me what I do as their dad that my wife and their mom doesn't do. So I asked this question, and needless to say, I have some room for improvement, okay? And I told my kids, no kidding, all this is true, I said, be completely honest with me. Something I will never say to my children ever again. But anyway, so I asked them, what do I do that mom, their mom doesn't do? And well, uh, they basically said this. They said, dad, right away, they said, dad, you you make the money. My daughter's like, you bring in the bucks. I'm like, yes, I'm doing something right. You make the money. Another one said, you work and you bring in money. I'm like, okay, we've heard the same thing, a whole bunch. What else do I do? No kidding. My daughter says, dad, you sleep a lot. I'm like... Okay, I don't know if that, okay, awesome. Anybody else have something to say? One of my sons says, Dad, you don't make us any food. <laughs> he said it, and his older brother corrected him and said, I think we're supposed to say positive things about Dad. <laughs> I was like, geez. So basically, to sum it up, I make money and I do nothing else. Their mom does everything. They did go on to say that I love them like mom does, that I play with them, and that I tickle them. So that was, that was cool to hear. They also, another side note, they informed me about dads. I'm not making this stuff up. They informed me that most dads have a full head of hair. And so I learned that as well. I was like, okay, this is the worst Father's Day ever. But anyways, I did go on to ask them, though, the next question. I said... Why is Father's Day special? Like, why is Father's Day special? And all the dads that are cramped I just want to pass on my words from my kids on to you. They said, it's special because as kids, they get to celebrate their daddies. And daddies are special and daddies are important. And daddies get to do anything they want to do on Father's Day. And so dads, today, I hope you feel loved. I hope you feel special and important. I hope you get to do anything that you want to do. All right? Again, we're so thrilled that all of you are with us here today. Now, hopping into the message over the last few months, a question that has been in my heart. No kidding. It's been something I've thought about day after day after day. is this simple question Am I growing? Am I growing? It's just a question that keeps coming up. Am I growing as a human being, but much more than that? Am I growing in my love for Jesus? Now, just to be clear, the question hasn't been, am I growing and am I learning more? I haven't asked that. It hasn't been, am I growing and do I know more information about this and about that? Those things are important to ask, but I haven't been asking that question. I also haven't asked, am I growing and am I doing more religious things? I haven't asked that. Am I growing and do I talk and do I act a certain way? I haven't asked any of those questions, but instead, again, the question I've been asking is, am I growing in my love for Jesus Am I becoming more and more like him? Is Jesus invading every part of my life? As a husband, as a dad, as a neighbor, as a boss, as a pastor, as a leader, as a citizen, as a human being in general. Am I becoming more and more like Jesus? Does the way I react to someone, does the way I extend forgiveness, does my attitude look like his Does the way that I spend my time and my money look like he would want me to? Do I have more joy and peace in my life? And I've just been asking this question, why? Because I know for myself, I do not want to stay the same person. I do not want to remain the same. Instead, I want to become more like Jesus. I want my life to change. I want to become more and more like him, and I want more and more of him in my life. And so on a personal level, I've been asking this question, but also as one of the pastors here, I've also been asking this question about all of us. Are we growing? Not in numbers. A quick word about numbers. I pray honestly over the next few months, we grow in numbers like never before. Why? I I stand before you as someone who is completely broken, desperately in need of Jesus, and if I did not know Jesus, I pray that you would be consumed with my number. I pray you'd be consumed and you'd do anything you possibly could to reach me. But again, that's not been the question. Instead, it's been, are we growing in our heart and in our life? Are we, all of us individually and as a church, becoming more like Jesus? Is our lives being changed? Are people drawn to the Jesus inside of us? Are we making a difference again? Are we growing? Are you and I becoming more and more like Jesus? So to dig in today, we're going to open up to the book of John, chapter 15. So if you have a Bible with you at any of our campuses, I'd encourage you to open it up. No worries. If you do not have a Bible, if you have the Bible on your phone, take it out, open it up. Download the UVersion Bible app if you do not have it on your phone. If you don't have a Bible, period, at all of our campuses, the info center we have them. They're free. You don't have to give us anything. Just take one and go. We just want to get that into your hands. But just to give us an idea of what's happening here, just to give us some context to the story, which is fairly important, right? Context shapes content. We've been talking about that over this past month. Just to give us some context to what happened. Jesus is about to get arrested, which will lead to the cross. And he's hanging out with the 12 disciples. Actually, it's now 11 disciples because Judas has already gotten up. He's left the upper room, and he's kind of trying to figure out a way to get Jesus arrested. And so they just ate. It's the Last Supper, and this is some of Jesus' last words. Fairly big deal, right? Like when there's a loved one who's passing away, you always want to hear what their last words are. It's like this is going to be fairly important stuff. All the fluff is gone. If there is any, we might want to listen in. And so to open it up again, John chapter 15, starting in verse 1 here is what Jesus says. Jesus says, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. Jump into verse 5. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jump into verse 8. And when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples, and this brings great glory to my Father. Again, here is Jesus speaking with some of his closest disciples. It's some of his last words, so we might want to listen in. And yet, what is Jesus talking about with them? He's talking to them about growing and producing fruit. Okay? All right? It's your last words. These are pretty important things. What are you going to tell us? You know, we don't want to listen. He tells them about growing and producing fruit. Fruit. It's like, okay, why is he talking about producing fruit? This is the weirdest thing ever. Again, Jesus said, and when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. Basically, if you follow me, if you consider yourself a Christian, you will grow and you will produce fruit. Now, just to make it clear, I'm pretty sure that Jesus doesn't want us to become actual fruit farmers, right? That would be the weirdest thing ever. If you want to follow me, you must grow and produce mangoes. That would be the most bizarre thing ever. I'd be like, he must be losing his mind before he dies on the cross. He's not doing that. Instead, he's giving them and he's giving us a picture. He's sharing this picture to help us understand something on a deeper level. Again, he's saying, I am the vine and you are the branches and God the Father is the gardener. We're going to talk a lot about the gardener next week and how he prunes us. You will not want to miss that. But again, Jesus right now, he's saying, Jesus, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And if like a branch, you stay connected to the vine, you will produce much fruit. But if like a branch, you stay disconnected from the vine, like if you pull it apart from the vine itself, you won't produce much fruit, because apart from the vine, apart from me, you can do nothing, right? And I mean, just to state the obvious here, just to make it really, really clear, what's the purpose of a vine and its branches? And this is important. What's the purpose of a vine? It's to grow and to produce fruit, right? Like, that's what it does. You get a grapevine, you plant it hoping for some fruit, right? That's why it exists. That's why it grows. Like, the very purpose of a vine is to grow and to produce fruit. And so what does Jesus mean with all of this, right? Like, what does this picture of vine and branches and fruit mean for us? Like, what does Jesus mean when he talks about growing and producing fruit? He's saying this, that when we remain and stay connected to him, that fruit, that the things of God will begin to grow and will begin to show up in our lives. When we remain and stay connected to him, to Jesus, we will begin to grow and fruit will show up. And our hearts and our lives will become more and more like His. When we remain and stay connected to Jesus, we will begin to grow and we will begin to reflect God to others. And why is this? And this might be news for some of us. Why is this? Why will we begin to grow and reflect God? Why? Because it's our purpose. It's, It's what we do. It's why we exist. Like, it's why... We, 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 it's what we do. It's why we were created, to love him, to become more like him, to reflect him to others. Ultimately, that's our purpose as human beings. It's, it's what we do. It's why we exist before anything, anything else. Again, not just as Christians, not just a purpose for Christians, but our purpose as human beings is to reflect God. Reflect him. The person standing before you, my purpose, even before being a, a dad or a husband, my purpose is to grow, to love God, to become more like Him, to reflect Him to others. And for all of us, for all of you, before your purpose, as a teacher, a banker, a mechanic, before being a son or a daughter, that's a pretty big deal, before being a mom, a dad, before being a grandma or a grandpa, a student, an athlete, or a water boy, I was a water boy in middle school, our purpose, what is it? To grow. To grow. To love Jesus, to become more like Jesus, and ultimately to reflect him to others. And how this looks in our actual lives, how this tangibly looks is when we remain and stay connected to Jesus in times when we're hurt or annoyed, instead of struggling with anger, anyone struggle with anger, especially when the, you're, you're just like crap's annoyed out here, just like, oh my goodness, I'm going to kill people. Instead of, instead of struggling with anger, God's kindness begins to show up in our lives. And when we're all alone and it's a Friday night and no one sees us, instead of struggling with temptation and making a bad decision time after time after time after time, God gives us his self-control when we have none. And instead of just doing what we want and what's popular and what culture is saying run after, we start listening to God and we start doing what he wants. And instead of naturally being restless and worrying about every little thing, An unexplainable peace begins to fill us, and instead of grumbling and mumbling about every little thing in life, you ever been there? You just grumble and mumble about everything. It's like, how is the sky falling? How can this possibly happen to me? A joy that doesn't come from us begins to well up from within us. When we stay connected to him, our lives begin to grow and are filled with God's peace, his love, his grace, his kindness, his patience, to the point that people start asking us questions. Like you're just so different. And I just want to know what what you know because I know I'm a Christian and you're a Christian, but you're just different than myself. Like, I just don't know what you know. Like, everybody else in the, in the office just gossips, but you're the one person who doesn't. And we're, you're walking through this trial right now, and I just grumble and mumble and complain about the littlest things, but somehow you have joy. This is really, really awkward to ask, but can you please tell me about the Jesus that you follow? I mean, I grew up in the church, but I just want to know about the Jesus that you follow once more. Like, a vine's purpose is to grow and to produce fruit before anything else. Again, our purpose it's to grow, to love Jesus, to become more like Jesus, to reflect him to others. Why? Because it's what we do. It's why we were created. Again, verse 8, Jesus says, And when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples, and this brings great glory to my Father. And when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples, and this brings great glory to the gardener himself. Great glory. His name is lifted up. His name is, is magnified. His name is reflected somehow, some way in and through us. And you see, the truth is when we produce fruit in our lives, when our lives begin to change, when things begin to happen within us, it's not about drawing attention to ourselves and getting a bunch of pats on the back. Instead, it's actually all about him. It's not about us. God, he's the gardener, and Jesus, he is the vine. And honestly, we're just a bunch of branches being used. We're an instrument. Why? To bring great glory to the Father. We're just a branch to bring great glory to the, to the gardener himself, so everyone will notice the garden. So this is great, right? But maybe you're here and you're just like, Kay Adams, I'm a new Christian. Or I've been to church, but I still feel like I don't know anything about anything. So how do you actually do this? Like, how do you grow and produce fruit? And how do you grow and reflect God? I'm just a broken person. Like, how do you do that? Well, we've actually already mentioned it, but just to zoom in a little closer, Jesus simply says to remain in me, just remain in me, Just remain and stay connected to me. And this word remain, you've maybe heard it's another word. It says it's abide. Just abide in me. It can also mean, I thought this was powerful, to be continually present with. I just thought that was a good picture for someone simple like myself. What does it mean to remain, to abide? I don't understand those, but to be continually present with. Okay, I can get that. What does it mean to to become one with? To put it as simply as I can, remaining means total dependence on Jesus. What does total dependence mean? Like a two-year-old in the Walmart parking lot is dependent on mom or dad, total dependence on Jesus. Constantly talking with him. Constantly trusting him. Constantly holding on to him. Constantly acknowledging him. Constantly opening up the word on a regular basis. Getting to worship on, on Sundays because we need to worship him. And he's, he's worthy of our worship. Being a part of a community where someone can challenge us and speak into us. Constantly listening and doing what he says. Again, it's staying constantly connected to Jesus. And in my own life, I know for myself, I'm slowly getting to the place where it's like Jesus in all areas of my life. I, I want you. And I want to stay as close as I possibly can to you, not just on Sundays and not just sporadically throughout the week, because but but Jesus, I want to be in constant connection with you. Why? I don't know how to say this because like a, a vine's purpose is to grow fruit. I, I just I was created. It's like why I exist is to stay connected to you. The purpose of a vine is to produce fruit, the purpose of us, the purpose of you, of me is to reflect God. Also, why do I want to grow and remain connected to Jesus? Because just being totally honest before you, totally honest, without Jesus, I have very little joy in my life. Without Jesus, I have very little patience. Without Jesus, I have very little peace. Without him, I don't know, up from down, most of the times, I'm I'm a disaster of a person. Honestly, even as a husband and as a, a father without Jesus, I struggle to function in my life. It just doesn't work. And just to sum it all up, I don't just want Jesus in my life anymore. I do want him, but I don't just want Jesus in my life anymore. Instead, I desperately need Jesus in my life. It's like, Jesus, I don't just want you anymore. Instead, I, I need you. I need to stay connected to you. I need to stay connected to the source, which is you, Lord. And so today, just to make sure that this is understood as easily as it could be, I decided to bring this this beautiful lamp here. And this lamp I think I acquired, actually, it's more closer to the word stole, from my grandma's basement like 20 years ago. I, Grandma, I'm so sorry. And uh, it was right next to a bunch of lava lamps. Needless to say, I, I don't think my uncle remembers much of the 70s, if you know what I'm saying, so I <laughs> don't know how to say that. But anyway, so I got this lamp, and... Uh, I'm not a gardener. I'm actually terrible at growing anything, but I am the son of an electrician, which means I know very little about electricity cuz I'm just the son and anyways. But I do know what is the purpose of a light. I know that purpose is to shine, right? And how does the thing work? Again, it doesn't take a master's degree to figure this out. You just plug it in somehow some way you just plug it in and it, and it works, right? Just keep it plugged in, it works great unplug the thing just doesn't work just basically just keep that guy plugged in and it does exactly what it was created to do it shines right just keep it plugged in it's pretty elementary well as simple as I can put it this is us and Jesus when we stay connected to him it just works what our lives like our lives just work what do you mean well we're created our purpose is to to grow, to love Jesus, to become more like Him, to reflect Him to others. And I mean, when we're connected to Him, joy and peace fill our lives, right? When we unplugged, we're almost immediately restless. Our lives become all about us. We're just consumed with, are we getting that promotion? Do we look good? Is, are we, you know, do they like us? Are we fun? Do people want to hang out with us? We're, when we're connected with Him, we find self-control against our addiction. We find freedom. When we're unplugged, AA, right? It's one of the steps. What happens with our addiction? We become powerless. It's like this addiction is just kicking my butt. I found freedom. I don't know why. Like, I just struggle so much with overcoming this addiction. We're connected to him. We forgive others. We're patient with coworkers that we want to stay with. You know it other drivers with our kids with our spouse we're faithful to our spouse even when the feelings are gone because our faithfulness doesn't come from us it comes from Him. when we're unplugged we become a disaster right we're all over the place want to body slam people when we're plugged in it's one fidget spinner right unplugged we need two of those bad boys right <laughs> plugged in we cheer for god's team the cincinnati Bengals unplugged we get the crazy idea to start maybe cheering for the Steelers sorry Sorry, guys all honesty though let's get back on track connected to him our worth our identity is constant it's unchanging we don't have to fight for our worth and identity we're the same we're created in the image of God we're sons and daughters of the great king I don't know if you've heard that but it's true we're unplugged we're we're crazy we're we're looking for our identity any place we can find it. Must be at my job, right? Like, it's got to be in this career. I've been the American dream. It's got to, it just doesn't work. And I got a promotion and it kind of flickered for a bit. And then I got this, you know, sex is awesome. And then like, but just maybe if I could just find more sex, It's like porn, like in my private life, I just, like my dad, if I could just finally get him to just acknowledge that I'm like doing a good job at life and I don't suck, you know, my husband just like loves me a little bit, like if I just get noticed or whatever, crazy. Connected to him, we have patience with others. Our priorities are in order, they're not crazy all over the place. Nothing to hide, total freedom. We stay connected to him, it all just works. What? Our lives. Just to be really clear about this, we don't do the work ourselves. God does the work inside of us. It's not about changing ourselves. That's not what it means to be a Christian. That would be like a, a branch trying to grow fruit, disconnected to the vine. It's not about trying to be a better person. That would be like this, 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 this light trying to grow without or light trying to shine without power. Instead, our job, what do we do? We just stay connected to him. We just stay connected to Jesus. We just stay right by his side in his word constantly acknowledging and just needy for Him in our lives and hear this and this is so important to, to, just to share I know in my own life the very moment I disconnect from God the very moment I can tell it's not like a few hours or a few days even pass by and it's like I've been kind of missing Jesus instead the very moment I'm not connected to Him I can just feel it in my bones and yet even though the problem is so obvious, right? Just like plug the thing in. Weber, just plug the thing in. It'll light up, I promise you. Like just plug, it's so obvious. What usually happens in that moment though is I just start talking. Like I just don't know what's wrong with me. My life, it was just working. It was just working, I promise. I told you it was just working. And on Sunday I went to church and it was just working and then Monday hit me and I just don't know why the thing's not lighting up. I just don't know why I'm anxious about everything. I just don't know why I'm struggling and I'm looking for everything I can possibly find, any place I can find it. I don't know why I'm empty. I just don't know why the light won't work. And then when I finally come to my senses, it's just like, oh my goodness, Weber, just stay connected to the source. It's actually really, really clear. And when that happens, I find myself often on my knees, literally, in my office, most of the time, where I just get down, I'm like, Jesus, I don't want to wait till Sunday. I don't want to to wait until the end of the day i need you right now i want to stay connected to you i don't just want you in my life instead i desperately need you in my life now today we started off by asking the question am i growing right this has been the question that's been on my heart but as i sat with these words from, from from jesus and john I actually came up with a a question that I think is more true to what I'm feeling and is much more accurate. Instead of asking the question, am I growing? I think a better question to ask is, am I living? Am I alive? Am I becoming the person that God created me to be. Like why I exist, am I doing that? Why, because the purpose of a light, it's to shine, the purpose of a vine, it's to grow and to produce fruit. The purpose of me and of you is to grow, to love Jesus, to become more like him and ultimately to reflect him to others. It's why we exist, it's what we do. And so today I just wanna ask all of you as a brother in Christ, not the question, are you growing, but instead I wanna ask you, are you alive, are you living? Today across our campuses, if if you're here and you just know that you're not connected to the vine, you just know that you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you maybe grew up in the church and you've done a lot of churchy things, you were baptized, confirmed, you made it through catechism, your parents are good religious people, you just, you've done all those things, but you just know you've never had a relationship with Jesus or you did in the past, but at some point walked away. I cannot think of a better day than today to connect, to make the decision to follow him. To make him the Lord and Savior of your life, and as we pray, if that's you, I just encourage you to, to say the same words to yourself. Let's pray, Heavenly Father God, we come before you grateful for who you are, and also needy for who you are. We don't just want you today, God; we need you today, Lord. For those of us who have never had a relationship with you today, God, we just we just cry out. We we want you in our lives. We want more importantly, we want to be a part of your lives. Starting today, Jesus, we want to follow you. And so right now, we ask and invite you into our lives. Will you make yourself at home within us? Will your Holy Spirit fill us? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, will you fill us, God? Because following you isn't about trying to be a better person. Instead, it's about just staying connected to you. And when we stay connected to you, your fruit, the things that are of you, begin to fill our lives. God, again, we're thankful Wherever two or more are gathered, you show up in a a unique, special way we can't explain. And we're grateful that you're here with us today. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.